Blog Talk Radio. Norman, who is also going to be on this program, 
and he is a disabled non-custodial parent obligor from New Haven, uh, Connecticut. And Attorney Miller is also going to be on the show from Danbury, Connecticut. Again, call in at this call-in number of 347-884-8684. That number again is 347-884-8684. And the topic of this discussion tonight is about a live testimony on how Uriah Norman, as a decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligor, which he is disabled, is handling how the court system and judges are dealing with him in child support. Later, I will bring in Attorney Miller and Mom Angel Thomas and FFI, which is Family First International, out for hell for questions. Uriah, are you on the line at this time? Yes, I am. Okay. Welcome to Lordy Miss Claudia Company on BTR. Glad to have you. You too, you too. I How you doing now? I am fine, thank you. Glad to have you on the show. I would like you to tell us about your story and what happened to you and why you want others to know about your situation here in child support. Can you tell us a little bit of the story of what has happened to you? Um, yeah, well, I can, uh, you know, I can start, but, uh, you know, I, I did the best I could, you know, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, relationship-wise and, uh, you know, marriage-wise. Um, you know, I, I what, what I do, I definitely, um, you know, having kids and taking care of those kids are a number one priority to me. So, um, and, and that's what I, that's what I like, like naturally feel that I was supposed to do as a man and still do. Yeah. Um, Basically, uh, you know, things went sour uh, with my marriage and, uh, you know, as a, a lot of marriages, and, you know, it does happen to a lot of marriages. And uh, um, basically, uh, in a nutshell, you know, without, you know, I'm not trying to leave out too many details, but um, in a nutshell, you know, just to, uh, you know, just to sum it up, um, I ended up in court um, with, a, uh, with a very large child support amount, um, which, you know, I, I'm not able to pay. Um, yeah. Like that is just like no way possible for me to pay it. I mean, I'm so negative. Um, you know, off of that child support payment, it's it's insane. But you know, uh, uh, what I do is I I take care of my kids. You know, that as almost like a single dad. You know, I I I, I do yeah. everything that that you know a unit is supposed to do. Um, on my end. So doing yeah. that and getting hit with the, with the child support that I got hit with is really, you know, really put me in the uh, in a very bad financial state. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, because I uh, read the uh, on, I read this article that was on com about the New Haven family. Uh, dealing with this subject, and and what I have read was about, you know, a judge by the name of Bernadette Conway who presided in that matter, in that matter, and and she allowed your uh, your wife uh, to speak, 
And and as I was reading on, it was basically, you know, the judge didn't uh, didn't give you a chance uh, to defend yourself, you know, to be heard, and uh, you were automatically ordered to pay uh, or, or, or ordered to sign your name off the lease and turn over your Section 8 voucher to your wife and relinquish all rights to the apartment. And then, you know, uh, by the time you got to your next hearing, uh, you were hit with a court order to pay for weekly amounts dollars for child support and was given visitation three days a week and uh, and and going on uh, it was also was talking about that you had an apartment that was at nine hundred dollars a month and your income was no more than eight hundred and eleven dollars for work related wages and uh, nine hundred and four dollars from federal SSI uh, income and, uh, and yeah. you had to use that to pay all of your, your utilities, food, and what you need to prepare for your children to come and visit you. And then in the most recent part, after hiring attorney, which we have with us, which is Attorney Miller, uh, uh, the court's motion, you know, for or your, your ex-wife motioned the court to grant your child support payments to be up to $215 per week, per week, and that from this kind of, you know, action happening, you know, that it could leave you, you know, without an apartment, and also you lose your visits with your children, and you will be possibly homeless. How do you feel about that? Tell us more. Um, yeah, I mean, um, see, me and my kids, we have this strong bond. We uh I mean we have so much fun it's 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 insane. They never want to go home. You know, it's uh only thing they think about, you know, when I pick them up is daddy, when they when they're with their mother is daddy and and you know, basically we you know, we we, we, we try to have fun but, you know, we I, I yeah. make sure we're financially correct. I mean it takes lights to run their rooms, you know, this I have a two-bedroom yeah. because I have four children. I wanted to make it comfortable for them. You know, it takes to run it. It takes gas because I have to. I have to uh, um, bathe them in the morning, get them ready for school. You know, on um, right. you know, on the weekends. Uh, you know, on Saturday night, I have to bathe them and then do it again on uh, you know, on Monday morning. So, um, yeah. You know, it's and food. I mean, we. You know, I mean, you can. You know, if you if you're feeding four people, you know you know how aggressive they can dig in your pockets to feed four children plus yourself. You know, absolutely, um, absolutely. And and basically, you know, um, me and my children, you know, we we're we're expensive on you know just as a unit of five. You know, so um, wow. I mean, I I see me myself. I I feel like you know a natural reaction when you have kids is to make sure they're they're comfortable. You know, yes. even if we don't have much, at least comfortable. Because yes. that's the way I was raised. You know. Um they don't need the the the, the finest thing. They don't need every cable channel. They don't need uh they don't need every toy that they see on the on the Disney channel commercial. Um uh, but just live comfortable and I feel like, you know, they're uh, the the court system is not it's putting me in a position to where, 
let alone not be let not be able to live comfortable, but like me be put thrown me be thrown out in the street because I can't pay what they're trying to make. It. I, it's just it's just not in my budget, nowhere close. I mean, I'm not trying to dodge it. I just don't have it. Right, and 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 that's and that's very very natural to think that way. And the question would be: Is are you afraid of what they're going to come up with you next because you cannot pay these amounts and put for you? And most of all, did they even give you consideration, being that you are a disabled person? Oh, I mean. I mean, basically, what what can happen, and I do, you know, I do think about this a lot. What can happen, which which happens to a lot of fathers, you know, they uh, you know, they they'll they'll put you in jail for 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 um for child support. When you don't when you don't have it, and yeah. they want it, you don't have it, they'll put you in jail for it. And you know, if if I go to jail, you know, I mean, I lose my home, my kids lose their father. Yeah. I lose, you know, I lose, I lose my disability because they're not going to give you disability until um, job. My job is very, very strict. If I'm out for three days, they just want you gone. Listen, we're running the yeah. business. Um, so basically everything is lost. Now, what am I to do when I get out? I can't, I mean, how yeah, am I going to see them after I get out? I have nowhere for them to go. So the most part that scares right. me. It's not the jail time that I would spend, you know, I, if, you know, if, if I did a crime, then, you know, I deserve the jail time, then, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll man up to that. But it's the, you know, what scares me is, you know, what my kids will go through because my kids love me to death and I love them. And we have a genuine love and yeah. a genuine, a, a genuine, a, gen, a genuine uh, trust with each other that, you know, I'm not going anywhere and, you know, they, they trust in that. So then I'll be breaking a promise to them as well, mm-hmm. and all this is and, and all this is done because you know uh, you know I'm not being heard in my in my situation to where you know they don't understand that I'm disabled. If I if I even try to make more money at my job, I'll I'll get cut off a of disability. Then then I'm even more negative than uh than mm-hmm. what I am now. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that's totally that's totally understandable. So. Uh, Tell us about uh, how long you have been on your job, and have you done any uh, type of, um, uh, say, like, for instance, uh, an event, you know, that is to be a part of uh, sharing in to help others uh, with the same issues that you're going through, what I mean by that, you know, being a part of, uh, you know, talking or, or motivational speaking stuff like that to be a part of the community to help others that are in your situation? Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, we uh, see how, how, how I feel about things. Like uh, I, when I started, uh, you know, when I, when I started, uh, you know, going into like, uh, you know, going into certain talents that I have, um, you know, I, I yeah. always felt that used to influence since I've been influenced um, in my own personal way. So what I yeah. you know I would do music functions for uh, for a foundation called Leap, which is youth. Um, we yeah. actually we actually had got a grant from uh, Michael Bolton so I can um, teach awesome. new uh, underprivileged youth youths as well. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, we are. Uh, I did. Uh, I, I was one of the uh, spokespersons for uh, Easter Seals. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and all this awesome. is for. All this is for, because because the way I was brought up, it was like my mother. She had a big part in making me feel and know that I can do anything. Anything, no matter Beautiful. what it is. You Beautiful. can do it either like the person or better. So stuck with that. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh there's a lot of people under the under my situation, under my uh you know, under my physical situation that, you know, they might wake up in the bed and don't feel that way because they probably didn't have the uh the guidance and uh the motivation that I had. But, you know, they are, uh, they, so I feel like that I, I can, since I'm strong in that area, I feel like I, I can portray it and any time I get it, I will do or um, they can feel the same way I brought up. Okay. And I want to thank you, um, you know, Uriah, for sharing your story with us because there's so many that need to hear, you know, uh, that they are not the only one that face, you know, these types of issues. And I'm sure that there are other people with disabilities that go through this uh, same ordeal here and there and everywhere. And, you know, it's 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 an honor to be uh, one to sit to hear your testimony because your testimony is what helps other people. Uh, that last question that I wanted to make sure that was uh, answered was how long you've been on your job? Where you work at your place oh. of employment? Yeah, I was here since 2007. Yeah, since, uh, okay. yeah, yeah 2007. Uh, repeat, I started in uh, February. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm, I'm breaking up for some I'm listening. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've, I've been there since seven. So it's been seven years, you say? Yep. Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, I am going to bring in Attorney Miller uh, because I have some questions. Uh, for Attorney Miller. Attorney Miller, are you online? Yes, I am. Hi. Uh, welcome to Lordy, Miss Clardy and Company on Broad Talk Radio. Glad to have you. Um, I'm happy uh, to be here. I, I, I know, thank you. I've known that you, you just heard, you know, the testimony that comes from uh, Uriah. And the question that I would love to ask you is this. Do persons of disabilities get a fair chance for considerations in court in the court system when they are faced with child support, especially in a case like this. So that I can speak to this the, the situation of disability. I will say that generally speaking what we have happening in Connecticut at present is that there is and attention being paid right now to our family court systems in general. In fact, in January this year, we had a number of advocacy groups who testified before the state legislature. There are efforts to at present 
to try to introduce legislation to try to correct some of the things that people see as abuses with the family court system. I will say that for someone such as Mr. Norman Uriah, who experienced some of the problems that he's experiencing with the family court, since he was disabled, it appears that there, there, there is an attempt to not even look at that issue. Um, I, I realize yeah. that we have statutes and regulations that attempt to bring some uniformity to how child support is handled. And the motivation in part behind that is so that we don't have a system that is completely arbitrary but at the same time, these family court matters are matters that I think require the exercise of some judicial discretion so that if you have someone yes. who has as serious a disability as Mr. Norman has, it certainly should be taken into account in deciding what I is agree. appropriate, what is fair, and what is just. Yes. Excellent. Well, the next question would be this: um, Is uh, would you would you uh, have you ever seen where there might have been a, a small or maybe a large amount of gender discrimination when one is faced with paying child support, where women are being more favored to be the custodial parent when there are men that are just as capable of being a custodial parent as the woman is? Well, um, I'm, I'm dating myself here, um, but I will say that when I went through law school, I graduated in 1980, so we're talking 34 years ago. And at that time when I was yes. studying family law, the prevailing thought was what was, was called the Tender Years Doctrine. And that doctrine basically yes. said that there was a presumption, although rebuttable, but there was a presumption that the woman – especially when the children were of tender years, very young, there's a presumption that the yes. the mother is going to be the better caretaker, the better custodian. Um, we have yes. started to see some inroads made uh, against that in the ensuing years, but I would say that it, it's my observation that there is still this presumption that the woman is the better um, a caretaker for the children. And I think that the re- reality is that in our current society that that is not always the case. But I think we still see family court judges making these presumptions about the women. And unfortunately, yeah. for African-American men, there is this uh, belief that African-American men don't want to take care of their children. People are more likely to see them as <laughs> and that's just not always the case. And so we need to disabuse ourselves of these somewhat antiquated ideas about who's the best uh, caretaker for young children. Because there are some men okay. who do as good or if not a better job than the woman in terms of their abilities to take care of their children. But there, there still is this okay. presumption that and it, it tends to favor women. Oh, okay. 
And, and you know, and I agree with you there because, you know, um, I guess I was put into a position, you know, I have a testimony alone and by myself on, on you know, the issue of where I, uh, where the, the ex-husband, you know, was uh, made the uh, sole caretaker and I was the one paying child support. But nevertheless, you know, the question that was posed to you was a very, very important piece because a lot of, you know, our uh, men uh, and, and or people in general that have to face this type of thing, you know, one of those things that, uh, that do come up and arise is that small discrimination of, you know, uh, man not being uh, able to take care of their children. And in some cases, they're not, as you said before, as well as the women. So the, the other question that I, I would have is, in the legislation law, uh, since that was spoken on, are there any laws that are in place, find or demarcate the differences between what is a deadbeat parent and what is a decent parent? Is there any law that, uh, that have that demarcation involved so that they can make the proper decisions in such cases, like in this case of what happened to uh, Uriah? I don't know that I can actually speak to that in a, in a general way uh, across the board as, as to how family courts view this. I know that there are some, and, and probably Mr. Hale can speak to this more than I, about um, the fact that there are some laws out there that talk about what are called deadbeat dads or dead, deadbeat parents, those who just consistently do not meet their obligations. But I don't know that for Connecticut that we have anything that defines what that is. A lot of this is just very discretionary with the courts in terms of how they set up initial child support obligations. There's, there's a formula that's used um, to decide what child support obligations are, but I'm not aware of anything that defines yes. something that's called deadbeat dad or deadbeat parent. I understand. Okay. Okay. And the last question, but not the least, is do you think that, you know, his experience in the court system for his first time uh, – you know, the court uh, infringed on some type of his right to be heard so that they could give him a fair trial? Uh, well, that's a question that I think <laughs> I would defer to Uriah to answer in terms of his perception. Um, I have to be very careful okay. about not saying that's going to be considered uh, detrimental to the administration of justice is the way they put it. So I don't want to talk I about think. an infringement right. You, I think it might be appropriate to ask him how he felt about the experience because that's something factual. Okay, well then, mm -hmm. okay, well then let's ask him. Um, uh, Uriah, are you still online? Yeah, yes, I'm still here. Okay, you, I'm going to pose this question. Uh, yes, and, and and I'm posing the question because the attorney uh, felt that it, it would be coming best from you. Um, did, do you think, you know, as your first time being in the court system, 
and dealing with, you know, this type of actions that's been done to you, do you feel like your rights have been infringed upon to be heard? Um, uh, that, that's tricky. I think that... Um, Hello, uh, you're 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 breaking up. You're breaking up. Come come. Uh, try again. Let's go back. Can you hear me? Okay. Okay. Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Yes. Okay. okay. Now go back to the beginning. You know of answering. You know this question about your. Do you feel as though that your rights have been, uh, uh, you know, been infringed upon to be heard? Uh, so that they can make a uh, a a uh, a better decision than what they had made. Yeah, well, um, how I feel about that is, um, you know, when my lawyer came into uh, uh, came into play, um, I think I think the, the like the last court date. I mean, she she made it so you know I I can't be heard, and she made it so that you know the court had to hear why. Um, you know, it was a child support hearing, so she made it. She made it so they have to hear exactly why. Um, you know, the child support shouldn't be that excessive amount um, on the issues of you know the things I do for my children, and you know, uh, uh, against what what she does for um, for the children. I mean, it's not that it's not that we're saying that she doesn't do, it, but you know, she you know she did have a way of letting, making the court see that. You know, we. This is what he does. You know, he's taking the kids three days a week. Um, mm-hmm. um, she represented me in the fact of you know uh, how lucrative you know her her set her portion is against my portion, and how how you know how far in debt I would end up if I had to pay that. And just all in all, you know the 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 reasons why you know um, you know the child support shouldn't be that high at all. Because of what yeah. I'm doing on my end, finance. Um, yeah. What I'm doing on my end financially uh, for the children, you know, should have been taken, uh, took it in account. Um, but I just feel like the court had their own way of how they handled the day, and not, you know, not take into consideration the 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 that my lawyer. <laughs> Okay. Well, so it was well, more. It was more of them. You know, no matter what. Okay, you kind of like breaking up again. Come back so that we can hear you. Hello, are you there, oh, Uriah? Sorry. Okay. Yes, I'm here. Okay. okay. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, I can hear you clearly. Thank you. Okay. So, the question. Um, so, 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 before you obtained your attorney, and you uh, had on the onset uh, in in the beginning of your case or the hearing itself, and you were alone, uh, that question would be posed: Did you feel, you know, like your right to be heard was it was infringed upon before uh, your attorney that you have now? came into play to help uh, balance, you know, the the injustice that was about to happen to you? 
Oh no, they didn't. Uh, I, I would say they. It was like I was a a, a mute mouthpiece. No, there was no hearing me at all. Um, they, I remember the first uh, the, the first court date. I mean, they let her completely, you know, talk over me. And then when I, I would try to talk, they tell me, you know, hold on or almost saying be quiet or you know. Yes. You know, she had she had the full floor. Um, they just let her have have her. I mean, it was, you know, they didn't hear any okay, of Okay, breaking up the, again. Yeah, they didn't have any of the strong facts that they needed to hear. Um, but they let her, you know, they let they, they let her speak about um, basically um, small things that, that just persuaded them in her favor. It was, it was just insane. It was like, it was like I had nowhere, it felt like I had nowhere to turn because, you know, they just didn't hear me at all. I mean, they wouldn't even let me speak, pretty much. Um, and, okay. And because they That's didn't. awful. That's awful. That, now, that is heartbreaking, you know, and, 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 and that you didn't get a chance to be heard, you know, I, I suppose that most of us that, you know, go in without an attorney, you know, anything can happen. Um, I am going to ask uh, Angel Thomas, your mother, a question too. Angel, are you on the line at this time? Yes, I am. Hi, thank you, and welcome to Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on BTR. But glad that you're here. I have a question for you. You ready? Yes, I am. Okay. As a mother, and you having a child that is disabled and have to go through this kind of ordeal in child support or, you know, just what what we just heard as his testimony. How do you feel about all of this? Well, I feel it's totally unjust. You know, I am very disappointed in the court system in this matter. Uh, I've always taught all my children. I have uh, I have eight children, and I taught all of them to try to, uh, you know, trust, you know, in the system, you know, to, uh, you know, trust. But encourage them to trust in the system. Um, it seems like in this case, the system has totally. Uh, <laughs> been the opposite of what I, you know, uh, told my children it would be. Um, yes. I feel that the judges are not looking at certain vital circumstances uh, with my son that would logically make them see that there's no way that he can afford the excessive amount of child support that they have, you know, um, ordered him to pay. Yes. Um, yes. I'm, I'm appalled at the, the judge that gave that order because the numbers were right in front of her. And if she did the numbers, mm-hmm. she would see that he would be in the negative at the end of the month. He wouldn't yes. even be able to come up with that amount of money. Um, you know, so... I was in shock, you know, because I'm the first thing I'm going to I say did she look did she look at the numbers? 
You know, yes. did she look and see that at the end of the month he would be minus, you know, no matter how he tried to juggle it, he would come up minus. It was almost like she was setting him up for failure from the beginning. You know, the, yes. the you know, he, he mm-hmm. can't win. There's no way he can pay that. He's getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and which could, you know, uh, subject him to go to jail. Um, I don't want to use the word prison, you know, go to jail. And my son, underneath his disability, he will not be able to survive it. You know, I, I've seen, I, I you know, working, working in the penal system, I've seen what happens to inmates. You know, uh, you know I, I know what goes on. And it scares me to death that if he doesn't um, participate in his part of the child support order, that he will be subject to the inhumane, you know, the the penal system is not supposed to be inhumane, but it is very inhumane, you know. And um, he will not, I'm telling you, he will not survive it. He will not survive uh, jail unless he's put, so, Okay, let me put it this way: in order for to him, in order for him to survive, he would have to go into solitary confinement. Seg, he does not deserve mm. that because of the type of order that was uh, subjected to him. You know, the punishment would not yes. fit the means. You know, it, it's 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 outrageous. I I you know I I I try to keep my son. Um, upbeat in this matter, you know, I talk to him constantly, you know, to keep faith in God, you know, and God's not going to let yes. the devil, you know, get, you know, uh, take over, you know, um, it's That's hard, fine. but, you know, we have, my name is Angel, but we have an angel on our side, you know, and that's Attorney Miller, and she's doing a yes, great job, do. she's doing a very, very, you know, you know, very, very good job, and um, I think awesome. that Yes, she the is. more the the more people hear the situation, and probably some legislatures hopefully hear the situation, you know they might come forward to help out. Um, you know the system really needs to be changed, not just for Uriah's sake, but for others. You know other, you know obligors that you know are in similar situations. You know I mean you know even if we're in a situation where yes. he was whole as a you know he was whole physically. You know, and he just didn't have the means um, or the job situation is terrible out here. You know, couldn't get the second job yeah. and pay. You know, it's, it's it needs to be changed for those type of people as well. Um, but they, my feelings with these particular judges, I'll say this. I think that they're not looking at the situation logically. Um, they're looking at it one-sidedly. They're looking at it without realizing the damage that they're mm-hmm. that they're doing. They're doing a lot of damage. If anything happens where my son has to disappear from his children's life, it's going to be detrimental to them. They are going to be. They are the ones that are going to suffer. You know. Look, look look at how the dominoes will fall. Look at how the dominoes will fall. He gets sentenced to jail. He loses his apartment. He loses his he loses his disability. Okay. Now, okay, so what? Okay. The kids don't see him for what, ninety days? All right. 
And when he comes out, what is there for them to come to see him with? He has no place to stay. He has no means of financial support. The, the, the system does not know what they're doing. They're, they, they're, they're putting him and the children. And, and, and the system says, for the best interest of the child, this is not the best interest of the children. It's not. Right. I agree. I agree. And that's a very good point right there. And so I'm going to, uh, from you, Angel, I'm going to go back to the attorney and ask the attorney this question uh, in lieu of the question you just got finished uh, answering. I will be back with to you in a few. Just hold your or hold it on right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, attorney Miller, are you still there? Yes, I'm here. Okay, I have this question, and uh, you just heard uh, Miss Thomas uh, uh, answer the, a big question that you know how the systems are are judging cases uh, improperly. My question would be this. Uh, do you think that you know the systems that that bring in uh, or that uh, that handle these types of cases in uh, child support? Uh, do they do they just uh, just hurry up with the case just because there's money to be made off of individuals in these cases? Uh, you're asking me some questions that um, I, I, I'm not sure that I can answer that in the way you think you're trying to uh, elicit the information. Um, there, the, the legislative efforts and the advocacy that I told you that have been going on here in Connecticut recently do deal with some of the financial abuses that exist in the family court systems. I would not say that it it um, the current legislation deals uh, specifically with child support issues. It it deals more uh, with issues related to the payments that are made to guardians yes. and items. Those are the individuals who yes. are uh, appointed as um, individuals who are there to advise the court on the best interest of children, minor children who may be involved in family court. Yes. So they sometimes become involved in some of these child support issues. Um, there is not anything specific that's happening right now as it relates to abuses that we might see related to the child support issue. So um, okay, I, I would say okay. that in a in a general sense, I believe that there are certain economic incentives. Uh, for the state in the manner in which child support payments are collected. Okay. Uh, Uh, Well, that's actually where I was trying to go with it, actually. But I thank you. Thank you for correcting me there. I should have said were there, you know, incentives involved. And I thank you for correcting me there because that's what I wanted to find out. Thank you. Explain that. Well, um, there... Let me give you this example. I have another child support uh, and child custody issue where it is an interstate custody battle where the mother of the child is in Georgia, the father, who is my client, is here in Connecticut. 
the father and his family had been caring for this child who was only about three years old and had been caring for them for um, uh, about a year and a half while the mother is down in Georgia. And that mother was having only um, intermittent um, custody of the child. However, when the child's custody child was returned to the mother in Georgia, then she decided to uh, seek child support from my client here in Connecticut, Uh, not only on a go-forward basis, but the state of of Connecticut is seeking retroactive child support going back Mm -hmm. for the last year and a half, almost two years. Yes. Um, Yes. And although the state of Georgia doesn't, allow retroactive child support, generally speaking. Connecticut is asking mm-hmm. for it. I believe that there okay. is a financial incentive to the states based upon the manner in which they collect child support because there is no reason for them to be asking for this um, retroactive child support from a parent who is actually taking care of the child. Um, yeah. I, I, yes. I'm not... Cannot, I cannot describe for you the exact formula, but I do believe that there are some financial incentives in terms of monies that are given to the states when they are engaged in the collection of child support. And I think while it's not supposed to be happening, that financial interest, I think, does oftentimes play a part in how child support payments are meted out and how they are collected. That's awesome. I like that. I think that that is um, very well put. Um, if, I would say if, if the listeners don't understand it from that point of view, ain't no other way to put it because that is really a straightforward answer, and I thank you very much for that, Attorney Miller. And um, what I'm going to do at this time, I'm going to go and I'm going to take a break, and when I get back, I am going to um, introduce Alpha C. Hales, who is uh, the founder and president of uh, Family First International, uh, and see what his take and his point is uh, about all of this that's going on. So we're going to take a short break, and then I will be right back and enjoy the music and hold your horses. We will be right back. Oh 
uh, review of what's going on uh, uh, inside the court and the dynamics of what's happening with the family itself. And my question uh, I want to pose to you, uh, Mr. Hales, is this. How, how does an organization that is out advocating for decent, disadvantaged individuals and families, and I'm going to say, you know, your organization personally, you know, on a business level, of course, but personally when they are informed of a wrong that has been committed by such systems that are in place to help and not hinder, Well, I can share with you right off. It's uh, it's, it's a tough call. <laughs> it's a very tough, <laughs> I know it is. very, very, very tough mission. <laughs> we, there was a way to simplify this many, many, many years ago when I first spoke out about it. Um, we were conceptualized back in 1999, and a lot of these issues that's coming to the home front right now, right up against people's doorposts and, and uh, front doors, uh, they're only reaching this point because no one uh, uh, jumped on board with it at its appointed time to, you know, try to uh, not allow these issues to run amok and get out of control. So now that everything Absolutely. is so far fetched out of control, now they want to try to come together and reel this thing back in. But what they've done over the the, uh, course of time is allowed this monster to rear so many different heads, which was talked about once again many years ago. Um, This particular uh, situation that we're speaking of with uh, Mr. Uriah is not my first, and it certainly won't be my last, but it's yes. delicate to me for the mere fact that this exposes, once again, one of those horror stories that I once spoke out on. See, when it comes to collections of money where you can plant a business seed behind it, you're going to watch that seed mm-hmm. grow. So you're going yes. after whoever you can line up to get that money out of at whatever expense. Now, here's a young man yeah. that is a decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent, obligor. He's a fine father. Yeah. He's one of the good guys. But the system doesn't yeah. care anything yeah. about that for the mere fact that they have an eyeball on money, money, money. So this is what it comes down <laughs> to. It, whatever amount of money I'm that laughing. they can pot, whatever monies they can get out of this gentleman. Can, can you hear me Okay. Yes, I can hear you. I am just, you know, uh, this is this is just. I remember when we had this conversation on our last show talking about the six six six. You know, so okay, let, let, you know. Let me finish this up right quick, so yeah, we go can ahead, visit go that. Ahead, go let ahead. me finish this. I just up. was talking. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no matter um, uh, how many jobs Mister Uriah goes out to get, now the ultimate question comes down to. If he's working so many hours, how much time does he even have to spend with the children? See, the, the system does not care anything about that emotional setting. This is all Absolutely. about money, money, money. And, yeah. and I apologize for getting to the show a little bit late, but I wanted to try to come and rescue uh, Attorney Miller for a hot second. <laughs> but um, I'm going to revisit <laughs> something. 
you had asked the that's question right, by okay. by way yes. of incentives. There are incentives that's intact. That's the reason why so much hardball is played from state to state. That is also the reason why um, none of these child support laws are are deemed consistent from state to state because every yes. state is is accountable for their own election of child support laws to regulate their child support system. So you may have some leniency in some one state versus uh, further hardships if you go to other states. But you can, if you want to uh, do a survey on that, you know, I, I, I tell people to channel in with me from time to time and let me know what's going on with them. That's what keeps me abreast as to uh, certain hardships per state, certain leniencies per state. Uh, but most, first and foremost, because of these type of incentives, every state, every state collects either pennies on a dollar or a dollar match for every dollar collected through their child support system. Mm-hmm. And to, valid, and to yeah. validate going after that money, they set up what we refer to as their uh, uh, tuned-in goon squad. See, they get these names, yeah. they go out on these suites, they hunt these people down. Just uh, uh, a week and a half ago, a uh, gentleman had his, his girlfriend had her door banged down looking for him, and he had just yeah. showed up at, on his temporary job that he had just recently started not too very long ago. <laughs> but nevertheless, they're looking for him. They bang her door in. So, see, these are the types of things that does not weigh in well with me or anyone of common sense. See, the, everyone is not yeah. saying that they don't want to pay. They're saying, give me a shot at doing the right thing. You guys get off my back for a little while. I'll check in with you from time to time and get you updated. But what happened is, do you know, when the, the young lady revealed to uh, the officer where the gentleman was working, even though they banged her door down and couldn't yeah. find him there, they went on his job handcuffed him, told him what the warrant stated, and took him off of his job that he recently started on the uh, temporary services. So, uh, you you know, you tell me your thoughts on that. (laughs) But anyway, when I see things like that and hear about (laughs) things like that, once again, this is all about money, 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 because you can't can't continue – to promote a, a, a lie and redundancy that they've been doing for so many years, for eons. They do these type of things in the best interest of the child. That's all a lie from the pits of hell, and they need to stop that foolishness. Where is it in the best interest yeah, of the child to arrest, to arrest the decent parent that's trying to get this thing together? Now the – in other words, if the parent gets arrested, you lock that parent up. So, so now where is the money supposed to come from that's supposed to go – to the children in the best in their best interest. There is none. That's right. Because nobody's right. nobody's there to make it because you just lock no them up. Five. So 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 when it comes back to uh promoting family reunification because you got the mother and the father they're talking about some things, possibly trying to do right by one another, here comes that thorn in the bush, here here comes support enforcement doing what they do best, getting ready to run amok because we gotta go after that money because um, we get pennies on the dollar or a dollar match for every dollar we collect, and, uh, and that's going to be that. FFI, our sworn-in duty 
is to bring a happy medium to the system to help rectify, assist in rectifying these type of cases. You see, the laws are what they're going to be. And from what I understand with Mr. Uriah as being a decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent obligor, he never once stated, not once did he utter that he does not care, he doesn't, he's not going to do wrong by the, the kids, he never said he wasn't going to pay. But That's right. yet they, they threw all of these hardcore measures at him. Now, this is mm-hmm. the deal with it, with his case. This is the deal with his case. I look at his case as he's not a deadbeat. So why would you set him up in the line of fire to, that's right. um, uh, to, 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 to do something that's going to uh, wreck the children in the long run, but ultimately, ultimately, by doing this, to uh, Mr. Uriah by way of structuring a case of this magnitude, you're setting him up for fail, which is going to put him in the line of fire of the DPPA Act, which is the Deadbeat Parent Punishment Act. That's right. They're setting him up. See, he didn't do anything to warrant any of this, but they're structuring it that way to set him up. See, it's all a setup, and then it's the lies that's promoted in the best interest of the children. Yeah, okay. And then you have um, uh, the incentive that, again, uh, no, uh, uh, Attorney Miller, she can't uh, put it out there, and that's understandable, Attorney, but I can because I have the factual proof and information. Matter of fact, uh, speaking recently to a retired uh, uh, agent of that goon squad that I just referred to for support enforcement, that gentleman shared some very horrific things with me that left such a bad taste in my mouth. So he did sit down and share some pertinent information with me by way of what some of those incentives entailed. Uh, It's not a pretty thing because it's almost like, uh, and this is just me saying, when back in the day when the federal government, they would not want to mm-hmm. legalize things such as bulls and what have you until they found a way to legalize it so they could get their cut. Now you have this marijuana. They never wanted to legalize marijuana back in the day. This isn't new. You had people that needed it then like they need it now. But now they found a way to legalize it, but they can get their cut. Uh, child support. Didn't want to yeah. go ahead and... Uh, Uh, make good on child support by way of saying, well, you know what? Child support is supposed to really be in the best interest of the child. But this is where we want to start. Let's sit down with the two parents and try to get them to work together on this. They can use the the system as an all-communication breaks down. But they want to be the front, run, uh, the front runner as to how this works. Yes. And, that, and, 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 and that's structured for failure right out the gate because yeah. they're, they're in it for their own convenience and their own self, uh, self-internal motive and what have you. Yes. 
but they all but 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 the problem is, Sister Wendy, is that they have these structured mandated laws to give them a leg to stand on. And that's where it takes a hand of the people. It takes a hand of right. uh, the attorneys who's in-house because they see this day in and day out. It takes the, 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 the hand in the mouths of your legislators to take a step back, do some reevaluation of this structured law and redesign some things and get these yeah. decent obligors off of these hot seats from day to day because, again, I, I see – too many decent people that contacts me with no they, – they have no, no out because I can't be everywhere at all times, but the information that I'll share with them at any given point in time is a starting point of empowerment for them on the pro se yeah. level okay. because, uh, 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 you know, trying to talk with some of these obligors, they even feel as though they've been railroaded by some of the court-appointed attorneys that were supposed to be representing them because, because they feel as though those attorneys side with support enforcement. Uh, you know, it's, yes. it, 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 it's too much going on all at the same time. We need to take a step back and take a nice breeze, just breathe a little bit, and then come to the table with some fresh ideals that's conducive for the well-being, the greater being of what I refer to as up and coming, because where we are today is not a good place. So we have to get ready to structure something for the up and coming. All right. Well, I've got a couple couple more questions for you, uh, Brother Alpha. Um, uh, concerning now, some of, one of these I did um, pose to Attorney Miller, and I'm gonna, uh, you know, ask you the question. And uh, the question is: Are there any laws in place to define or demarcate the differences between what is a deadbeat person or a parent and what is a decent parent? Well, there is a law that is in place. That's the DPPA, the uh, Debbie Parent uh, uh, Debbie Parent Punishment Act. Yes, which was uh, endorsed and signed off on by uh, our ex-president Bill Clinton in '98, which was one yeah. of the most horrific laws to ever be legislated. For the mere fact that that was not demarcated, it, it just it, more, matter of fact, that's what made it inclusive of when it reflected uh, any dollar arrears. For good, bad, uh-huh. or indifferent. For good, bad, or indifferent, yeah. no matter who you may be, the bottom line is if you have these types of arrears, uh, have not paid in one year or 5000 in arrears, haven't paid in two years, 10000 in arrears, uh, you went to another state, the, the child resides in the state, uh, different state from the obligor, you know, uh-huh. it's, it's plain and specific, but the problem is is that you didn't demarcate it by any form or fashion that says, well, let's find out who these deadbeat parents are first. Let's find out who Absolutely. Who. And, Absolutely. And that's, and that's yeah. what we do here because we have to first and foremost uh, dissect the person to find out exactly who are we advocating for? 
Because, see, this is the thing, Sister Wendy. I I took a gentleman, and I I had to take a gentleman, and I honestly had to tear him down at his kneecaps because, see, here at FFI, we don't have the time to play. A, we we don't we don't have the time to play around with uh with the so-called grown right. folk that want to only you play scream. the role That's of being. Right. You only want to play that role of being decent when you feel as though you want to uh, portray yourself as being a decent of character. So I can get some help. But as soon as you help me, I'm just yeah. going back to my old raggedy self. No, you're not. Because the <laughs> FFI, we, we are just who we are internationally. We are a family. So when you are invited as to be uh, a part of this family structure, this is who we are. Yeah. Because at the end of our day, we are all we really have. This is it. That's right. Uh, but, but the bottom line is, when I was done with that gentleman and after he finished shedding a few tears and what have you, after lying a, a little bit, uh, I, I had asked him to do a few things for me and call me back. Because, see, you got to make amends with yourself as the individual right. first and foremost. That's right. uh, this, is not, this is not a game because we really do promote all of what we do in the best interest of any given yes. child because all children is yes. equally important uh, yesterday, today, and will be tomorrow. They're all equally important to us. So if you're just a, a, a parent and you think that you're trying to want to uh, uh, put on this facade and you want to uh, come across as being genuine and what have you, well, we're well diverse and we're, we're, we're extra thorough and well-trained, and uh, we can pretty much read all up between the cracks and the, the, the lines and what have you, and we're going to clear the smoke screen, and when, when it's all said and done, uh, yeah, this is pretty much what happens, and you can come and talk to us after you get yourself together, because um, we, don't put, we won't put ourselves out there uh, to get ourselves caught up by reputation for a well-known uh, deadbeat. Yeah. Okay. Well, the, the, the next question, to hurl at the sky if you want to, a cotton ball if you would like, <laughs> is, <laughs> is uh, do you think that the, the court system is in favoritism, you know, uh, deal in favoritism, you know, uh, 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 over, you know, wanting or gender discrimination as women wanting the women to win the case more because they are the, the, the one that had the children versus the men that can, you know, actually be just as good as a woman? Do you think that they play favoritism in the court system underneath child support? Absolutely. They always have. They always will. But they're trying to clean up uh, a, a well-known mess. Uh, they they also know that so many other people over a period of time have seen uh, gender bias as well. So what they've been doing is uh, incarcerating uh, a few more women, uh, and they've been allowing more men custodial parents. Uh, 
But yeah. if you look at the if you look at the ratios, if you look at the numbers, we're not even close. Uh, and and, 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 and truth. And truth be told, the women, when they are incarcerated, it's more of a incarceration of leisure uh, for them versus the incarceration of a male. Um, Mr. Uriah, that set up, you know, trying to prepare him for to be a, a deadbeat under the DPPA because that's where yeah. he's leaning towards. Uh, yeah. If everything works out in, in their favor, that's the direction he will be leaning. So if at any given point in time he was to go and for whatever reason was incarcerated, that does not mix well with me simply because of the incarceration environment and he's already um, uh, uh, not in a position to defend himself. Yeah. Plainly. So why would you do that to someone uh, 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 as genuine as Mr. Uriah or any any other decent disadvantaged non-custodial parent obligor with or without a disability? Why would you do that? That's to right. Them? Right. But I can answer. But I can answer that plain and simple, because it's money driven. The, the court system is money driven, money motivated. So it doesn't matter whether you have a disability or not. Uh, we just want the money. I mean, like I say, Mr. Uriah's case is, is, is not an unusual case to me, but also, you know, it, 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 it stares me in the direction of, you know, these people are Absolutely. exposing themselves. They're exposing themselves, you know, so deep, deeply and recklessly. I, I don't understand still yet why is it that so many folk take so long to try to get on board to help rectify some things. Uh, gentleman over in New York, he's still dealing with his case that he brought to the table four years ago, and they're still threatening him if he, does, if he, if he takes it upon himself to not make his child support payment, uh, they'll send him to jail. The problem with that, Sister Wendy, is that he's still paying for uh, a child that is not his his child. I mean, he took that child. He took that child on by way of dating the mother. I know. Uh, and, and then when that all fell through and was said and done, they held him obligated to it. He only did what any rightful man would do because you don't want the child to not have uh, a parent in their life and possibly the child grow up to be a bum. So he did what me or any other strong man would do. If I'm dating someone and she has children, I'm going to do my best to the best of my ability to play that father figure role as best that I can as long as the child uh, is receptive of that. Uh, but legally, that goes against the grain because when the relationship breaks up, that man needs his life back. You, why are you holding his financials hostage? Right. And if I may add in there, why would you, you know, uh, pronounce him to, you know, to take care of a child that isn't his and not go after the father that's truly of that child? Not saying that, you know, Mr. Uriah is not, you know, wanting to take care of that baby, but there is no consideration from the court system to see that, you know, uh, he has three of his own children and one that isn't his, 
and that he's willing to take care of them, but they're not making any considerations to find the father for that particular child. No, and it, and, it, and it goes totally against the grain once again, where now I'm looking long term. You know how they always state that, you know, train the children in the way that they're to go so as they become adults, they won't get away from, from those trainings. Absolutely. Because our, right. our youth is, our youth is uh, supposed to be our upcoming future. Well, right. unfortunately, 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 I can't see the youth taking on something like this. And if we don't rectify some of this mess right now, if not 90% of it, our yeah. youth is going to go to hell in a handbasket simply because they're going to, they, simply because this is the crap that they're going to walk and butt their head into uh, right off the bat. So now you're looking at our youth, and they're saying, well, guess what? I don't even want to have children. So, you, you know, you're walking around and you're looking at, uh, uh, you know, there's so many different uh, moral complaints that's out there, you know, uh, male entertaining men and, and women entertaining women and what have you. Yeah. But if you look at the yeah. greater picture, where in the heck do you think you're leading these children to go when the children are looking for love and what have you, and they're not going to yeah. find it with the opposite sex because, they, because there's a dollar value attached to it. And if you don't have a job to make that dollar value payment, then you go to jail behind it. So, you know, when you were, you, you were tapping on uh, U.S. Code 666, and that plays a huge factor within that because that's, sure the, uh, that's the family structure breakdown. That's the teardown in the family right. venue by way of what's, you know, and I'm not uh, going to take too much time to preach on this, but the thing is, is uh, we were always taught, even from small, going to uh, church and what have you, you know, 666, the mark of the beast and this, that, and the other, and so on and so on. Well, if God was so happy with family structure when he put it in place, then what do yes. you think Satan's plan is now that it's already implemented? So Satan says, I'm going to get in there, I'm going to wreck it, I'm going to put my spin on it. But, he, but, so, but I got to find some of my pawns to make that happen. So knowing that you have uh, people in high places and the money and all this, that, and the other, and so on and so on. So let's implement some laws that's going to be detrimental to family teardown. Um, yes. That's why, I, that's why FFI is huge on family reunification. No, we are not promoting that those two parents need to be in each other's lives by way of going to get married. No, but you need to learn to, to see the value within talking right. to one another and right. not at one another. That Absolutely. is your starting point. That's your starting point. The reason why these parents can't talk to one another is because there's that dollar sign that's caught up in the mix of it. Because the, because the man feels as though, well, all she wants is the money. The woman feels as though all he's doing is holding out on the money. Right. So if you re so if you replace that and put some values back in place and learn to start having a conversation around those values, everything else uh, won't be so much as a hit or miss. It will be structured by way of we can talk about anything and everything for in the in best interest of their child, and then let's talk about how we're going to put the money 
uh, in place to make it happen. See, support enforcement says, well, this is how we're going to make it happen. We're going to go and get it for you. Then we're going to take our uh, part portion right off the top, and then we're going to cut you a check for what's left over. And then, um, oh, yeah, if for whatever reason we stop getting these payments, uh, we'll just lock the obligor up. Wow. Ooh. How, yeah, so, how does that factor into be in the best interest of anyone? <laughs> Right. Let me 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 ask uh, Mr. Uriah a question real quick. You know because you hit on so many uh, valid points. It's, it's only but right to bring him in and ask this ultimate question to him and see how uh, Mr. Uriah feels about this question being posed. And I will be back to you, and then we're going to. Uh, balance it off with the mom and uh, attorney Miller, uh, and then, you know, we can have our last minutes of communication. But I want to ask Brother uh, Uriah a question, just a second here. Uh, Uriah, Brother Uriah, are you there? Yeah. Okay. I have a question for you, and I know that you've been listening. Uh, to what Brother Alpha has been talking on. And so the question that I want to, uh, you know, uh, give to you that will impact this thing, you know, to the hilt at this point is, do you feel from all of what has happened to you uh, that you were set up for this failure through and by your ex-wife? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, as as I look at the, uh, the the let me see the 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 encounters, you know, from from beginning to end, um, how things how things went down, even from me adopting the the ten year old, you know, I do yes. see a, a full fledged setup on on her on her behalf um, yes. that I was completely blind to. Um, that uh, that now I can actually see it. Now I'm now I'm outside the box looking in, and now I can actually see it to where I couldn't see it before. It's hard to see when you're right there in the core. You know, it's hard yeah. to see uh in the core because you're getting burned. So um, yeah, absolutely. Um, as I look at the events, um, you know, I did get advice and and helping me look at the events. But as I look at it within myself, um, I do see. Um, you know, from beginning to middle to end and even how it ended, um, you know, I, I can see where things were set up to, to, to be lucrative on, on her end. And I yeah. feel that she was, you know, she, I feel like it was, a uh, an advantage taking uh, opportunity. Um, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like it, it was a whole setup. Okay. I thank you very much for that. And I'm going to go here to uh, uh, talk with your mom, uh, Angel Thomas, and then, you know, and I'm going to balance it to Attorney Miller and then back to Alpha, my brother, uh, you know, to to just to just uh, uh, hurl the stone at the glass window, I guess, you know, because <laughs> you know, this yeah. is really, you know, amazing, you know, how, you, you know, 
you know, a person can be set up, you know, for a failure and the system not hearing all both sides of the coin can, and when they have nothing but money in the way, uh, money to see, if that be the case, and sometimes that is, you know, uh, so many unfair injustices can take place. So hold on just for a minute here. Just a second. Angel, are you there on the line as well? Yes, I am. All right. After hearing, you know, the your, your, uh, Brother Alpha come in and speak uh, boldly on this situation of what is going on as, as it is a current event, how do you now, uh, you know, see, you know, how – how a family can get induced or be uh, uh, put in a situation to have to uh, to have a fight at this point, or to or to uh, send out the broadcast on uh, the issue at hand that's going on with your son. If you understand what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it got a little beyond me. <laughs> the question. Um, okay. First of all, as far as, the family's concern, as, far, as far as the family's concerned, um, it puts the family as a whole, uh, the obligor family as a whole, in a position where they're going to worry about, you know, their loved one and how they're going to survive. It affects, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not just the obligor, but the obligor's parents, their brothers, their sisters, you know, grandparents. Uh, my my mother yeah. is the grandparent, and she's very, very upset. Um, she's very I stressed, and I believe is. that, yes, I believe that um, her current stressful position, uh, excuse me, condition is because of what's going on with her grandson. Sometimes she cries yeah. and says, why is this happening to my grandson? Why? He's a good man, and, mm-hmm. you know, it makes me cry, and it makes my brothers, you know, uh, you know, cry because Probably they angry. see, you know, they see their elderly mother, you know, yes. getting involved, and she feels she can't help, you know. Um, right. So this situation, the courts don't realize the strain that it puts on the family as a whole, the obligor's family as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. We we're very close knit family. Um, we try to encourage each other, you know, when situations arise, uh, and we the court actually is drawing all of us into this situation. You know, believe it or not, right? Um, you know, you know, like I've I, I've been in court. I I've seen court. Uh, litigations, you know, just walk in and see just what's going on. And I've heard judges say, well, can you borrow the money? Wait a minute. Now you're bringing in a third person that has nothing to do with this. For real? Wow. Yes. You know, well, can you borrow the money? So now the obligor may have somebody he can borrow the money from, and if he's fortunate to do that, now he's bringing in a third person, but he has to pay that money back. Where is that money going to come from? Absolutely. You know, it's, That's you right. know, and these judges, they don't look at that issue. They don't look at detriment that they're doing, 
you know, to the family as a whole. You know, that's right. So uh, mm-hmm. I hope I answered that question. Yes, you did. You did. I mean, I'm sorry that it came, you know, that the language that I used towards this, that it did, it sounded like I was going over your head, but well, truly, that's fine. That's answered. fine. I figured it all you out. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you very you know, much. But I reiterate, you know, I reiterate solely, you know, if there's any judges or family court judges listening to this, you, you really need to take a second look at the cases, you know, mm-hmm. individually. It seems like the judges look at the cases as a whole and not separately. You know, it, yeah. it looks like it seems like they look at the paper uh, out of the book or like there's a, okay, there's a, I think a, a chart. I think there's like a yeah. chart. I don't know what kind of chart it is where, you know, it's it's like there in black and white, well, you've got this many kids, uh, this is what you pay. You know, instead of saying, okay, you got this many kids, what can you pay? Let's look at these numbers. Right. What is your income? What is your, what are your expenses? If I take these expenses away from you, what will, you know, will you be able to see your children? Will it put you in the street where you can't see your children? You know, they right. don't look at the case individually. They, you know, it's, that's what it seems. They don't see you know, the whole I mean, picture. They just see at the they, end they, of their they nose. Really, they really Excuse need me. to hear this. I hope that all of you out there, you know, that are listening to this, and we, even though we done went past our time, but nevertheless, that this is a very important uh, uh, program this evening uh, to fill the ears with the thoughts of, hmm, you know, they might got something here. Uh, you know, I just, I, just, I just really am thankful that uh, you, Miss Angel, and Uriah, uh, Attorney Miller, that you all have decided, you know, to bring this to the front where, you know, people can hear this. I am very, very blessed to be in the presence of people that are not afraid to speak up because this is what it's all about is to stand up, speak up and speak out about things considering if I may put it as this victimization and fraud because that's all I hear in this in, in this in this testimony and in the case. And I'm a, what I'm gonna do, Miss Angel, I'm going to go and 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 uh, address here with Attorney Miller and uh, I will be back to uh, Brother Alpha, you know, in the last uh, words that needs to be said, uh, Attorney uh, Miller, are you still there on the line? I am still here. All right. What 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 last words would you like to speak in the behalf of everything that you have heard uh, from, you know, what you already know about the family and what was just already put out here by uh, Family First International uh, Brother Alpha. Give me, give me how you feel at this point, hearing all of this and where, where you want to go with this at this point. Okay. Now, I don't know if this has come out before, but if it hasn't, Uh, Let me say that even though I have been a licensed attorney for 34 years, I have also been a lay evangelist for almost that long. So when you ask someone who is a preacher, as I am, 
for the last words. <laughs> I'm going to give you some last words. Okay. And I am looking right now at my word, the Bible. And, and I'm just going to briefly give you something that comes from the book of Nehemiah, the fourth chapter yes. and 14th verse. And this was when uh, the people of Israel were brought out of captivity back to Jerusalem to rebuild the temple and to rebuild the walls. And one of the things that he said to them was that you have to remember the Lord and fight for your family. Fight That's right. for your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. And those are my parting words to anybody who's listening in or who's participating in this, that even though yes. you may see what appear to be injustices or inequities in the way that our family court systems are operating, we have to keep uppermost in our minds that this is first and foremost a spiritual battle. And we're not yes, only doing the flesh and blood, but if we as a people keep in mind that we have families that need to be protected, that need to be shored up, the walls around our families need to be rebuilt. And it's going to take some men yes. and women of integrity, of strength, and of courage but my admonition is that we have to know that we have to fight for our families, whatever it takes, and knowing that it's God first and us being there as his instruments for that fight that needs to take place. Amen. Amen. Good Amen. word. Good word. Thank yes, you. it was. Amen. Amen. And Brother Alpha, what is your word to this? Because we already know that you got the stoner hurl to hit the glass windows and break them out. So you um, know, hey, it's just it's just a beautiful thing. I I want to hear what do you have to say as your last word to uh, to the listeners because they need to hear this. They need to hear every bit of this because it's that important, and it's important to God. Amen. Amen. Well, first and foremost, Sister Winnie, I want to thank you once again for this opportunity, and I apologize for being late. I want to thank everyone that appeared on the show with us this evening uh, out of your busy schedule, but I'm going to make this uh, real quick, sweet, and to the point. We don't just want to be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of that very same word, day, day, day in and day out. I don't care if you don't do anything else. Don't just listen to all the feel goods within uh, our walk of life. Don't just listen to everything that the accomplishments of yesteryear, what have you. We still have some accomplishments yet to come. The best and the greater is still yet to come. I know because yes, there's is. a whole lot of youth that's lined up right behind us. So I know greater things are yet to come. We just have to move some of these hindrances and roadblocks and detours, and we can do that as a peoples. If, if, if everyone would just man up, woman up, child up, and say, hey, listen, I'm a decent person. I'm not the one that you want. Uh, you need to have that recognized uh, within the system that 
there may be deadbeats out there, but you're not that person. So, and it's yeah. not who the system says you are, it's who God says you are. So first That's and right. foremost, if you are that decent, disadvantaged, non-custodial parent of the glory, you need to let the world know that that's who you are because there's nothing wrong with being that person. You are an energetic, uh, positive person just falling on uh bad times right now, but these bad times are not something that you uh, woke up with this morning and said, oh, I just want to not have nothing go right for me today. No, a lot of this falls by way of not having uh, adequate means to pay your child support or what have you. That does not count you out as saying that you're some deadbeat or what have you. Hold your head high and continue to know that uh, the, the, the best is still yet to come and you didn't do anything to warrant these drastic measures that you, you know, are weighted, being weighted down uh, with on this very day. Just um, continue to do the best you can and contact this organization uh, at any given point in time by way of uh, Family First International, all spelled out one word, at Gmail. Dot com. That was familyfirstinternational at gmail.com. You can go to our webpage, which is uh, very uh, energizing. It's very interactive. Yes, it you is. Can find, you, you can find that at familyfirstint.org, or you can contact me directly. Uh, my direct line is 860 Love to hear from you. Uh, the organization is, is making some major strides at this point in time, and as far as I'm concerned, every obligor on the planet needs to get involved with this because um, this is a, a genuine time uh, to settle up on some stuff like this, and we need to take advantage of it. So once again, Amen. Sister Wendy, I thank you for the opportunity to be on your show this evening. I am very, very happy. Now this concludes to listening to It's Our Business to Tell Your Business in Child Support News. I want to thank for all my uh, guests that have appeared onto the show. Uh, that is Attorney Miller. That is also Uriah Norma. And also Angel Thomas and my brother Alpha C. Held, which is the founder and president of Family First International. And my last words will be to this. Stand up, speak up, and speak out. And the ultimate word from the Lord is love one another. Love your neighbor as you love thine self. Because there ain't no time left. So, if you are listening in, I hope that you have enjoyed the show. Thank you, listeners, for listening in. Sorry I didn't have time to bring in any comments or questions at this time, but there will be more time for that. And if you want to contact me here at Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on BTR, you can contact me at families and victims of fraud.com. You can also go on to the Gmail and uh, email me at professionalrookie 
at gmail.com. And you can find me on Facebook, too, under facebook.com slash WClarity. And it is what it is. It's concluding now to close down until the next time on It's Our Business to Tell Your Business and Child Support News next Thursday at 4.30 Eastern Standard Time. Or excuse me, not Eastern Standard Time, my time, California time, and 7.30 Eastern Time in on the East Coast, okay? So with all that, I want to say that I love you and thank you for participating with me on Lardy Miss Clardy and Company on Blog Talk Radio. And everyone have a good night and blessings until the next time. Good night. Because I dream in space, I see an analog. Because you're.